All right, everybody. Welcome back to Best Hour of Their Day. Fern here. I am here with a longtime affiliate owner, longtime CrossFit seminar staff member, and just baller, Gail Yoakum. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to bring Gail on because he uh, – so I've known Gail for a while, actually just working on seminar staff. I've been to his old facility, and he was actually just giving me uh, a, a virtual tour of his new facility, but we'll talk about that. But incredibly busy dude particularly now that i've just seen what he, what he what he is operating there so thank you for your time dude i i really appreciate it dude i'm honored man i'm excited to be on the show well i'm 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 excited to talk to you about it because there is based on what i just saw there is a whole lot of shit going on in that affiliate so we're just going to start here gail's affiliate is just prepare for minds and be blown here with regard to size right that's what she said is <laughs> you've never heard that before <laughs> right no you're right i have not uh 54,000 square feet yep right where the two 5,000 is a, is a pretty large crossfit gym for most people this one is 10 times that large um now if you're if you're thinking about that facility there's a lot of different stuff going on in there which is a lot of the reason i wanted to bring you on the show but uh before we get into all of that cuz it is a lot I want to talk a little bit about the evolution of that. So how big was your first gym, dude? What Strong started in my garage. And actually, there's a picture that you can see back there yeah. on the wall. That is actually the first CrossFit Strong. Can you see that back there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know the viewers obviously can't see it. So yeah, it's a garage gym. That's uh, my current wife. She's over there swinging a kettlebell. Uh, so and when, and when did you open that? So it was 2008 is whenever official business was happening so december 2008 so before that we were doing it you know probably for that first year of mm -hmm. 2008 of just kind of messing around trying to figure find our way in the dark not having any idea what we're doing mm -hmm. and then what what did you move what was your first facility for crossfit strong yeah so we you know what's funny is that i start in dallas we had a huge real estate like downturn and I was sitting there, I was in the IT business. I was what was called an ethical hacker. I owned another business. We broke oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what that is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we broke into banks for a living. I was sitting there writing this report and about to go do CrossFit. And I was like, man, I was just like tired of sitting in front of the computer. I wonder what this, <laughs> if I could like start this CrossFit thing. Long story <laughs> short, our first facility, because we're, we had this good opportunity, was 13,000 square feet. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I don't even want like one from my garage to thirteen thousand square feet. This is so. Yeah, this is basically the opposite of what we would recommend anybody do is go from your garage to basically what I have right now. Basically, so oh my god. Okay. Like so, so for the first six, seven, eight years, man, I made all my own equipment. Like I welded my own racks. I welded my own pull-up bar. You know, just to kind of get by to figure out what's going on. And so we grew from there, 13,000 square feet. Within the first year, uh, we knew that this was, this was something that was good. And so um, we, we expanded to the, the building that you went into, which was, happened to be 18,000 square feet. Oh, I thought it was bigger than that. It looks so big. The one that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one that we, we've hosted most of the level one seminars yep. is 18,000. 18, 18,000? Okay. Yeah, it, it does look big, but like, Think we just walk in and how long was that rig that you guys had in there? Like a hundred feet? 88 feet was the rig. The yeah. whole length of that was 110 feet. Like the whole distance. Yeah. From front to back. Feet. Sorry about that. Okay. And then, yeah, yeah. So we did that. We filled that place out and then, you know, we just kind of evolved and strong, strong evolved into, uh, you know, we had CrossFit was just blowing up. The, the gills and we could the classes were packed and then we we started feeding into like the families like the moms and the uncles and like the people that didn't quite ready for crossfit so we started a little studio over there yep um just which is literally this high intensity interval training as they call that thing yep so talk to me a little bit about that because i'm trying to wrap my brain around like you go from the garage like clearly didn't have like 300 members in your garage or did you I, I don't know but like that's what I'm imagining when I go to 18 or you know 13,000 square feet from the garage we we started with so the way it evolved was I was running um, out of my garage and then one friend led to another friend led to another friend and then we got warnings from our homeowners association and then I got more warnings and then finally I was like man like 
we got at least enough to start to go see if we can make this thing work. So we structured a deal to where we could go like get our big toe in the water and see how that feels before we, we jumped all the way in. Uh, so on that note, cause I think this is an important topic uh, without talking about numbers, talk to me about how you, uh, the deal that you struck with regard to like, did you negotiate abated rent? Did like, like, how did you do all of that? Cause this is something where a lot of people don't know what they don't know and they go in and on day one, they've, basically done themselves a disservice yeah absolutely i mean it comes down to basics of ec economics of supply and demand at the stage we were we're in we're in a huge real estate downturn there's vacancies everywhere and like owners just wanted you to just occupy it with the slight chance you might make money to be able to pay rent and so the deal back then essentially i believe like we're on a year term lease term which is unheard of uh unheard of Nobody's doing that. Yeah. And if they are going to do that, they're going to charge you out the ass for it. Yeah. You're going to end up paying for it in the back end in one, one form or fashion. And they have baited some rent and, and et cetera. And so we just ended up going into where like it worked out. So when it come, came toward the end of the year, we had to decide either stay there or build out. And so we decided, Hey man, why don't we build out some showers and bathrooms and, and kind of do that. So, damn. And, so, and then how long did you stay in that 13,000 square foot facility? So we're, we're there eight months, literally. And then we grew to maybe hundred members, 150 members. That's like the that. silliest shit I've ever members. heard in my life, dude. I know. <laughs> I just had a conversation with some, some people on staff over here at strong. And I was just telling them like, we're talking about space and logistics and lesson planning. And I'm like, we have enough space that, that like we should be, we can run more classes. We can do more things, right? Like we shouldn't be constrained based on this. And then they're like, so we just went into a conversation. I'm like, there's, there's facilities out there that have, I'll just make up the number 300 plus in a 3,500 square foot place. And they run it well. Who uh, I was thinking, um, who <clears throat> I'm going to have him on the show. You know, Daniel Chappie, right? CrossFit yeah. France. So yeah. he, he's my argument and I, I don't even know the full details of it. I've just gotten stuff from like Doobie and all these guys who were just like, you need to talk to Chappie. They rough, the rough numbers are something to the tune of about 1200 members and 4,500 square foot space. <laughs> I don't know. It defies, it defies all logic, but the point is you are correct. Right. <clears throat> and then, so people that have not had to deal with that. Right. And then just, think that 18,000 or 54,000 square feet is the norm don't understand what actually being efficient with space is right. <laughs> and you're just like yeah 54,000 square feet we should be able to run 38 classes at a time <laughs> <laughs> if I could just fill that many 38 classes with one person okay there you go just, Done. I'm gonna tell you now the business doesn't work that way it's like you're gonna lose money somewhere <laughs> yeah at some point yeah, yeah. but Okay. So then eight, you're there eight months and then you, so you go from 13 to 18 at that point is, and is that the facility that I've been to the other one? Yeah. Okay. And that, and that evolved too from just continue. We, we grew into it. You know, other, like we, we had the big space and it was like this big canvas and we could do whatever we wanted with it. Um, you know, as opposed to, so we never was confined by the space. It was always, we built into the equipment and the money that we spent into that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you guys have like that rig, for instance, that you guys had at the old facility. Do you still have it or did you repurpose it and do something else with it? No, we repurposed it here. We made it in the smaller sections to kind of create better better layouts of classes. But it's one of the bigger ones. It looked like something like before they made the Zeus rig that you would see at the CrossFit Games. Like that is the that is the size and epicness of that of that pull-up rig. And then you guys had all the stuff after that. Like it's one of the one of the biggest gyms. Like people think that mayhem is a big gym and then I'm like, no, not really. Not compared to strong, like strong is fucking huge. Um, it, so. it is. We're compensating. We're overcompensating for something. I mean, listen, I'm not hating on you, bro. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was cool that, but even before that, man, I was thinking about, I, I welded the rig that, that was there before you saw the big Zeus looking rig, right? Were you a welder or did you just like YouTube yeah, and you're like, I'll just, just buy it? it. YouTube. Well, I learned in the 13,000 square foot place with a, a buddy of mine that did it. And so yeah. we welded all this stuff together. And then as we went in there, we obviously hired some guys to help us build out, but we're just sitting over there welding as well. So, I mean, there's, a, if you want to get it done, you can get it done. True. Like, 
but everybody that I even like, we're probably going to go off on a tangent here, but just that's what podcasts that, are for, dude. It's long form. Like, <laughs> like just thinking about like staff and working with people and everybody's like, like we're not confined by anything. Like we can go teach ourselves just about and do just about anything that we want. Right. It's a matter of the, the big thing is, do you want, how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. So I just never let any of that stuff kind of constrain me. And if it was like a cost prohibitive, it was like, cool, let's figure out how to make this thing work. That's bonkers. So, but, so we'll get into the new facility in just a second, but like at, when, before you guys moved, um, so people are thinking about this, they're like, okay, 18,000 square feet. What, what's your staff look like at this point? Like how many staff, how many uh, coaches are you working with? There's like three of us. No, so then we went into, so it's me, my wife, and a buddy. And then I remembered towards the end of that year, man, you know, this was a long time ago. This was what, it was 12 years ago. So okay. I remember we started the model there with us. Oh, dude, this is, this is funny. I just remembered this. So we started the model of like uh, members going to get their level one and being like part-time coaches to help us with class. Yep. So we started growing classes that way. But I was also thinking, here's a, let's go on another tangent. 2009 we were we were trying to develop a software that logged the results of all your workouts <laughs> hold on i know listen well you're an ethical hacker so like you know coding so that makes sense so we're doing this but listen we're going all about wrong because like think about how much we've evolved on what we know from the level one information that we give to people and like mm-hmm. how we explain it back then to how we explain it now all right force times distance over time power that's where right this is intensity we get the results so i left the level one i saw the formula i saw the formula and i'm like dude that's how we got to log results obviously i'm i'm over here measuring people's depth of their squat range of motion of a barbell so we created this whole formula to calculate the power of a thruster so if we did fran like that we're like oh yeah you did good you generated power anyway we went on a tangent there the just to illustrate, just to illustrate your your, just to illustrate your Jedi level of nerd, um, yeah. Dude, that's straight up nerd, man. <laughs> but listen, our whole, <laughs> the industry has just evolved, right? yeah. As anything, it's adapted. Uh, you know, we've learned more. We've learned how to coach better, how to cue better. We've learned. Look at all the business mentoring people that are out there now, just to help Tons. you run a better product. It evolves. So. Uh, we, so I hired some cat coaches. We, we had some of my really good friends still, uh, they, you know, they helped lead some classes and we kind of grew, grew into that. And I went through this ebb and flow of that was good. And then, no, we got to have full-time coaches. No, let's go back to here. And so just trying to find that like perfect little balance of making sure that we have quality instruction as well as, as, uh, you know, the community aspects fed really well. So then you just finished building out this current space and we'll get to like different things, but I want to back up just a little bit. <clears throat> so you were, so you had this facility, you're running it in that, in that current space for what, roughly 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Almost. And then at what point did you start the, the other business? So just for context, right? So I just got a little virtual tour, which took probably like seven minutes and I didn't get to see the whole thing of just Gail walking through the facility into different rooms and different facilities. But it's kind of like a like parkour ninja warrior type setup, but not what everybody's thinking. Not a bunch of like plywood, like nailed together and stuff. It looks like the American Ninja Warrior setup that you see on TV. Like it's legit. Um, did you guys? How did that? How did that come about? Like you're just like people are doing that. We'll start doing that too. Man, that's a. Dude, I think we got to step back a little bit further. So, Please do. Yeah, go ahead. So, so 10 years at the other facility. Uh, through that 10 years, like, I mean, we blew up from members and our classes and CrossFit's going off the charts and we're hitting the, the peak of everything that's happening. One of the things, though, that I was noticing was, I could, I mean, this is very, like, broad stroke of saying stereotyping this but it would be like i could possibly get one we'll say it this way i could get one person in the family to to show up to a class but the other one would only come to our socials because they didn't want to do the things that we're doing right yep Uh, and so or after so many months and years or whatever it is i just kept seeing the cycle this athlete cycle these people dropping off like just leaving for whatever reason like we can name them a thousand so i wanted to create this catch-all model to where like 
either when you walk in the door that there's no reason why I can't get you from a place of where you're at in your fitness and health to being better. Mm -hmm. And so, so we created a multitude of programs to offer people from, you know, strength only, right. With a little bit of metabolic conditioning to the Olympic lifting program to this thing that we called studio. So we created this catch up. The whole idea too, was that we, now we had people in the door we could show them our, we could show them CrossFit. We could teach them about, you know, good nutrition that we both know is at the base of our, our, uh, hierarchy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was the catch all model. And then somebody says, Hey man, like who knows, like, Hey, I'm tired of chasing the clock or whatever it is. Say, hey, yep. cool. Don't worry. I got, I got something for you. Come over here take a look at this. Uh, and so it was the idea that we could keep people in the door. And so that happened, you know, that was about three and a half, four years ago that I started trying to to just I just wanted to keep people and, and I know other owners that are out there and I know you feel the same way but here's you almost feel like this high school principal like every four years the students come and go and like you build these like valuable relationships with people and then at that senior year and it's graduation or whatever it is they're gone I was just trying to find something to keep them with me longer no that's I mean let's call it what it is like yeah you do have your lifers right but the reality is like there's that sub level, which is going to be there for probably that exact number, three to four years. Um, I don't know. What, why is this hitting me up right now? Um, oh, yeah. You got that says if you guys can't see our screen, it says. Uh, it shouldn't, burn, though. <laughs> no, no. So like depending on which one you're using. Um, anyway, this should. That's really weird. I don't know why it's doing that. Oh, you know, why it's, it might do that because. Oh shit. Um, cause you had logged on. Are you still logged on with two accounts? Uh -uh. Oh. Huh, that's weird. All right. That shouldn't happen. But anyway, um, I don't want it to stop recording. Sorry, everybody. Technical difficulties. Um, what if we pause, cut? Yeah, I'm going to pause, cut it, and then we'll put it right back together. All right. I'm going to hit stop and then we'll go. Sorry, everybody. Cycle all right we are back everybody sorry for the technical difficulties um you'll you listen 180 some episodes and we've never had that happen so i feel okay about that <clears throat> um all right so what we we're talking about is the and this is important because this is a real scenario you got your lifers right who they're going to be there forever no matter what they love it as long but everybody else probably falls in that four to five year window where the what's the word the uh the novelty of fitness starts to kick in where they want to do something else which is totally normal by the way so you can either do one of two things you can lose that client or you can have somewhere for them to go that still resides within the walls of your building which is what you built out probably to my knowledge probably better than almost anybody with regard to like just having them but giving them options so what did that look like not in your current facility but like when you guys were in that that in at strong for in that kind of eighteen thousand square foot building like what like what were the offerings yeah, so we had uh, pretty much four programs, if you will. We had CrossFit, which was our bread and butter. It was the yep. glue that held everything else together. Uh, we had a strength program specifically that we had uh, one of our own from staff. She came on and helped us get that started, Abby Dickerson, at uh, yep. yep. Grove back then. But she, we we brought her on. We did a strength program based on, on the West Side conjugate style. Mm -hmm. We did the Olympic lifting program where we created a 24 hour access room to where you get, we gave people cards and they can come in and go anytime that they wanted. And then we had this studio room that was like very, I guess, uh, like orange theory ish style to where you had heart rate monitors and, and we partnered with true form to get their true form runners in. Um, for that, for the, for the 24 hour access, that was only to a specific portion of the facility, correct? Yeah, we locked the rest of the building down and we're like, okay. hey, come on in here, slang some, slang some barbells around. I'm curious, how much, not number, but like, did you have a decent amount of people that were just on that kind of, I'm going to do my own thing program no. or, yeah. Dude, I literally was like, this is going to be the winner. This is <laughs> people, like people, people don't want me leading them around all the time. They want to come in and just slang and bang and like, sure there are like, but we, what I've figured through this, just to cut to the chase, is you need true champions of each of your programs, whatever you want to call them. We call them champions to where like that person is like vested 
and leading it and like mm-hmm. truly caring about what the people are accomplishing. You need a team captain. You need a captain, man. Yep. And if you don't, it's just going to sit there. It doesn't matter how you market it or, or, or not. Uh, they, they will come and go more so than what we're talking about, the lifers with the, the two to three year one. So that talking about the studio, what is that? Is that like boot campy? Is that the best way we could describe it? Yeah, there's been several reiterations of that, but it's literally no barbells. It's lighter, monostructural, like cardio type yeah. stuff. Okay. It's evolved to where it is now. It's very, it's like almost everything but a barbell. And so it's, it's just run a little bit differently. And, you know, it's more like sections of intervals that people like. Yeah. Okay. And then the next question I'm thinking somebody would have would be, price structure are they fairly close to each other or or are they pretty far apart depending on what program they have i mean our lead program has always been crossfit because that's where you get just the great hands-on coaching you get you know movement correction you get the nutritional advice and so what we would always do is like if you're in this program it's an add-on to do this other stuff like very cheap 25 bucks yep you, you want all this programming you want to get access to the equipment 25 bucks or if you want to do just the um the studio for instance well this is going to be a lot lower price point mm-hmm. okay and then typically that's because you will like in most gyms you know like orange theory would be a good example you just have like higher volume because of the the complexity is not there so people are more inclined to do that stuff absolutely more complexity maybe maybe i don't know if this is even a good statement maybe not as threatening but I mean, it's fair. I mean, we don't like, we don't, we don't like it because we all know that we can, that CrossFit is scalable, but it doesn't matter what we like. Like it, it's scary to people. Like it just is what it is. It is what it is. Well, one is, you know, I just did a seminar this last weekend and we're doing the, what is CrossFit lecture. And what's interesting is I I get less questions about what is CrossFit and I'm doing more about what CrossFit is not, you know, lately. So the question is more of like, dude, yeah, I know what I know I've heard and I know we're, you know, we're no longer this, this elite level of stuff, although that's a portion of it. And it's just interesting how like, dude, first of all, CrossFit revolutionized the fitness industry, period. There's no question about it. 100%. Uh, 100%. And now as we're continuing to evolve through that, now what we're trying to do is just make sure that like, you know, the big bang and the dust is starting to settle. It's like, hold on guys, here's what, this is what we really want you to take away from this. Mm-hmm. So to backtrack to the studio, despite somebody being intimidated about this idea of CrossFit, so we created another way to literally the fundamentals of CrossFit and still apply them to these other programs. Like, hey, mm-hmm. let me talk to you about nutrition, buddy. Like, yeah, here's what's called real food, and so that was it. Um, okay. Um, okay. The um, and then like at that at that point, like what's your peak membership base look like? Like a couple hundred people? Uh, yeah. I mean, no, we're probably the peak over there in that facility, you know, and it, you don't really quite run it. We did a lot of like just pay by the class. So, you know, you're above 500 over there. That's what I figured. And then, do you know, like roughly how much of that was recurrent, like how many people like had memberships, like three, 400 probably. Yeah, like you're in the 350. Well, no, the highest I bet were like the fours of reoccurring. If I if I were to give a guess, is that like 2012 to, to 2014? <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty close. You, okay. Yeah, we know the market. Yeah, okay. Um, for anybody that's wondering why I guess that number, because that's kind of when, uh, as far as like, I don't want to say CrossFit's at its peak because I don't, I still don't think it's at its peak, but it's like, if you were looking at like exposure and people are like the most excited about is like right around that time frame. Um, well, there's, yeah. And that's a good point. It's like maybe as a, and this is for all the affiliate owners out there and this is merely Gail's perspective and view and, and which is a legit one. You've been around, you've been, you've been, you know, wearing the red shirt, like you have experience. So it's valid. And so from an affiliate owner standpoint, it's not that like more people, are not wanting to try CrossFit, for example, like people are still asking, it's still growing, it's still got the itch. But, you know, with the model that was created, a great, great model for me to be where I'm at now is that there's just more of us out there offering the product. And so we're not necessarily, 
so we're not necessarily going to have just make this up a 500 member base we're going to have a 300 but that 300 base we're going to coach the crap out of them and like mm-hmm. we're you know we're we're going to make sure that we take care of those 300 so it's just so you just got to change the process as the the market changes and the yeah no i agree and i think everybody that's just business in general it's not that's not unique to fitness and 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 within fitness like everything ebbs and flows like fitness crossman might be one of the the least novel things within fitness like everything else with the exception of like powerlifting weightlifting and crossfit like every there's always a new thing every year like and then they change and then they they're the peak of the thing and then they die but um i was reading somewhere uh, people think that like the interest in crossfit is dying down it is absolutely not i was i was reading somewhere that is it was this year for two for 2020 it was the most searched term with regard to fitness on the internet crossfit still like people are still looking for it like you just have to be out there and 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 make sure that you're in people's line of sight and, and, and how you do that. So I think we uh, just have to adjust. Like, you know, you hear about the the affiliate owner has to just kind of listen to the market. So let's talk about that because that's a good piece. So you start this separate business is kind of like the ninja warrior side kind of parkour type deal. How did that come about? How did you decide to go there is my question. I'll give like brief, I'll give overview just to not bore everybody to death. So I guess about, last year, mid-year, June, July, we're getting time to renew our current um, rent and, or our, our current lease. And mm-hmm. so just started looking out and feeling out with other places. Um, and I went to this, this existing business, which is this Ninja Warrior. They had been in business. They had a big facility and was like, hey, let me come put uh, CrossFit strong right over here in the side because I see there's a way that like hey while the kids are playing then like they can come over here and take my class kind of fast forward that that was in, in December I finally had the idea of like dude let's just let me buy this business I'll take strong in this other company merge it together put it in this facility rebuild it and, and create this idea of like think of this big square box and on one side you have fun right in the middle you have community and then on the other side, you have fitness. And so the synergy is still community, which was kind of, you know, where I've learned from the CrossFit side. And as I've grown from, you know, being single to married to having multiple kids, like we just live in this really busy lifestyle. And so, man, I own the, I own CrossFit Strong, I own Strong Fitness, but like it's still even difficult for me to get in and get my workout in with the demands of life of my kids and their mm-hmm. Everything else. Anyway, so in December, I was like, man, this is what we need to do. We need to create this place that everybody can come. It's affordable. Uh, man, if you want to work out, cool. I got a multitude of programs that you can do. And if you don't want to work out, no worry. I have this place called Good Decisions Cafe right in the middle. We'll teach you about some good, healthy choices in food. You can have some of the best coffee in the city. And you can just sit there and watch your kid be active. And so it's just this really cool idea of taking the synergy of, of our families and, and the family can be representative, not just like husband and wife concept and kids or whatever, like the family could be me, you and the level one staff family. It's like just a place for us all to go, be active and just kind of reset, re-energize, recharge ourselves. Just move. Yeah, just a place to congregate essentially. Absolutely. <clears throat> so when you, when you, when you go to this other place, when you say you put strong on the side, like meaning, did you slap your logo on there or were you, did you kind of like set up a, a mini CrossFit facility in their facility? Well, I just went in and just was looking and having conversation with the current owner and that kind of evolved to where it's like, no man, if I'm going to do this right, like I need to, I need to do the whole thing myself. Like I need to have, I need to control it all and, and ensure that like everything comes together um, because there's huge implicate, there's huge tie together between like, for instance, the kids over there playing Ninja and me over here teaching them how to move their body the best way that they can, right. Mm-hmm. Create this, this foundation that they can build off for the rest of their life into their high school and in their, their formidable years, if you will, like as we get older. Now I'm now I've got all these questions about like what does it entail to bring all of that together? Because we because we talked about this a really long time ago, and 
And I think when we talked at the, the, the affiliate gathering, when we were there, I want to say you had, you were still like, you were in the middle of build out. And this, this was like September of last year. June, July, August, September. Yeah. So we just started construction. Um, so I think, so December of a year and a, almost 12, 14 months ago, December is when I had the idea, closed the deal where it was like official in June of last year. It took a couple months to get construction and permit and redesign because we put in a, a cafe, we put in locker rooms and showers. So we, we did a lot of changes here. And so when I saw you up there in Vancouver, I guess that was, that was September, right? Yeah, it was September. And so we're just right in the middle of like, we're right in the heat of um, putting up walls and we just finished the plumbing. So let, just to cut, cut short, it was hard. There was a, the, the team was stressed. Um, we all had to kind of rally together and pick up spots. Like I wasn't able to be at the, the one building as much as I wanted to be. And, and then I was here. And so like we literally quadrupled our business size in the matter of two or three months. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's a, I mean, I can't yeah. even fathom like personnel increased our operating expenses increased we, for eight months eight months I was running two different businesses in two different buildings in two different locations with two different teams. And so, you know, things got dropped and stresses and lack of sleep and definitely no working out. So like by the time I got done, I was like, dude, this is why I created it because there's other people out there that are probably as strained or stressed. And, and like, I just got to create something that's convenient and easy for them to get to. So when you combine those, so let's talk a bit, a little bit about like where you're at now. So you get moved in and you're operating and so are you still, so does that four offering that you had at strong still stand or didn't, or at, like, have you now had to evolve your offerings now at this point? Cause you have like a multitude of things going on in there. No, they're still there. So, and they're still like, we, I call them verticals right now within the business and so we still have the CrossFit and we have strength and the Olympic lifting <clears throat> in the studio. And so we've I've for sure put champions or captains, if you will, in charge of those programs. The now, because I brought in another um, business. So what we're doing now is really just knee deep into the youth sport development. And so the idea there is this is going to be a new vertical. I got a new champion. I got two champions running that for me right now. Um, and so and it's re I'm really excited about this because getting these kids at this younger age and teaching the teaching them what I know now, if I knew what they knew before school career started, like in sports and even if it was that short lived, it's like how much more efficient, like how much better we could have been. So that's really exciting. And so we have this and now we have a, a ninja program, which I I, know, I didn't know much about it about ninja or anything else all i know was hey it was a way to keep my kids from moving and making them stay active but yeah. in my opinion this ninja warrior the obstacle racing for for kids and adults is what crossfit was eight years ago that's where they're starting think about like right before so it'd be in like almost 13 think about like right after the games the first games mm -hmm. we're, that's where the the ninja world is right now do you, it is just do you right think it still has that much room for growth dude it, it hasn't even started yet wow it hasn't even started yet i so, mean yeah, i get so it like i i, I get it because it is it's intriguing it's fun like it's challenging and in kind of all the same ways that crossfit is meaning you can always make it harder like you can always create something that's a little bit more complicated that requires a little bit more school skill or endurance or all that stuff um and has an element of fear, you know, like I, I get it. They, uh, we have two of our ninja coaches. They're, they're both on the, um, the, the show that you see on TV. And then one of them specifically just went to a world, which is what you could kind of equate to uh, the games. Mm -hmm. the games. And so he, he's one of the coaches leading our ninja program. But kind of the point of that is think about like how many reiterations of the competitive scene that we had mm -hmm. from CrossFit to where it is now. So that's kind of where they're going to where all across the country, bigger and more 
than CrossFit was. These kids are just wanting to do it. And even to compound that, elite level gymnasts are giving up their sport to become elite level ninjas. It's probably an easier route, to be honest with you. They already have like 10x the skill of everybody else. They just have to adapt it to that sport, if you will, in air quotes. I mean, that makes perfect sense. They're probably, probably going to dominate it within you know 24 to 36 months. Where like anybody who's doing that was a former gymnast. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is a joke. We used to do this for practice. you know. Yep. Yep. And things change and evolve. And like, just like we made, we had to evolve, like our fitness capacity increased. Well, ninja capacity is increasing. So some of the best coaches out there are kind of continuing to challenge those kids. And so that, that right there is a whole beast in itself. So for me personally, obviously the kind of youth strength and conditioning is something it's definitely on my like long-term goal checklist a lot of things need to happen for me to be able to dive into that. But is that, is that a significant part of what you guys do now simply because you have the space and you have the ability to bring somebody in and, and, and build that program out or were you guys already doing that in the old space? Uh, no, we're just now starting with that. And I, and I have a huge passion for it as well, just where I'm at with my family and like mm-hmm. the opportunity to coach the kids in the other sports. And so coming this and now bringing them and like showing, showing parents that like, this is another tangent, but like one of the things too is like parents are always like, Hey, I want my kid to be the best soccer player or baseball player. And they're like, Oh, we teach him skill, 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 skill. Like we're just going to learn how to swing. But like, there's so much more foundational mechanics that they need to learn foundational strength and conditioning. And so that's where we want to come in and like, just educate the parents as well. Like, yeah, we need that piece, but there's other sides to the story. That is a very common mistake with regard to parents that are, pigeonholing their kids into one sport yeah and there are some sports where it works like gymnastics would be one but typically if you're talking about big three big four it's typically not a good idea like you're looking at kids that are actually going to be worse athletes because of their lack of playing other sports so there's certain things that the certain skills i'm gonna get when I play football that are going to carry over to baseball and make me a better baseball player as same thing in basketball uh, with baseball and then football or soccer or whatever that's going to be. But we would call those like pretty much the big four in high schools, like, you know, football, basketball, baseball, soccer are the big four. And the other thing is kids get burnout. Psychologically they get burnout and um, you, you need a break psychologically. Like, and as somebody who played basketball kind of year round, but I did that once, once I got to the point where like, that was kind of like my profession, if you will, that was like, okay, I'm going to school. Like, that's basically how I'm going to get through school is like playing, like, that's what I got to do. But in high school and when I was younger, it was like, I was looking forward, even though, and I always had, I always had one that I was a little bit better at, but I was always trying to, because I was better at that one, I was trying to get better at the other two as well. And I think people miss this miss this idea of you can create this weird little competition within the athlete that's internal. If they happen to be really ex, if they happen to excel at one, they'll try to be just as good at the other one Absolutely. all the while, all the while creating more skills and all the while actually probably reducing the risk of injury due to repetitive movements. If you think about baseball, if I'm throwing, I'm throwing, I'm throwing, I'm throwing, I'm throwing. This is why you have kids that are getting Tommy John surgery when they're 15. And like, that should not happen. Just yep. the end. That should not happen. And same thing for football or soccer or basketball. So it's like, that's a lot of start, stop, a lot of start, stop. That can be pretty rough on the knees, the ankles, if you are only playing that sport all year round. So it gives you a break because the, the sports are different, right? So the movement patterns are different. Like the durations of effort are different. All that stuff is different. So I think they undervalue that. They also don't recognize that if you were, if you were to look at, the top athletes as recruited from high school into college, almost all of them are multi multi-sport athletes. Absolutely. So no, I think you're dead on on that. So, yeah. So they won't plateau out. Like we put a bunch of this data on our, uh, our, our page that's going to go live for the youth sport later on this evening. But um, one of the interesting things that I never knew, 70% of all youth athletes, quit playing sports at the age of 13 because they get burned out over specialization stuck in there. That's more than I thought. That's that. That's it. That's basically all of them. 70% 
I mean, and then uh, over overuse injuries are almost half of all mo all middle school sports injuries. So sports injuries in middle school athletes, over half of them are just from overuse. Damn. And it comes back to man, I I created this graphic in stealing from the CrossFit hierarchy development of an athlete and it's like you got this pyramid at the base and what we're talking about in our program is like teaching this foundation of movement patterns that last a lifetime mm -hmm. like teach them the correct full range of motion like even as my my son uh that's seven now as he's just been doing a little bit of crossfit and, and strength and conditioning with me so as he's growing and building muscle well he's getting tighter and tighter and tighter so all of a sudden, like when his squat looked really good a year ago, because he's building muscle and, we're, and he, if we don't make sure we stay on top of him taking care of it, like he's starting to develop these movement patterns that are going to just hinder him from reaching that elite level of performance, you know, to be able to move your body the right way, full range of motion, like go back to power, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, plus, it's just going to absolutely increase his chances of injury. And so we teach our kids early on everything from full range of motion concept to how do you take care of your body early? That's the other thing I don't think people consider is, I mean, if you look at uh, like females, for instance, so if you're looking at the ACL rate of injury is incredibly high for, for like high school females. And then if you were to walk into, you know, most kind of high school weight rooms and you watch them move, it's no shock. No. All have, all have valgus knees. You know, they can't, when they run, they can't, there, there's no, there's no correct line of action on that movement of the hip, knee, ankle when they run. And you're like, of course, they're going to all blow out an ACL. You're going to take this really poor movement and then you're going to tell them to change directions quickly at high loads. I mean, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? That's like, that's like driving your car and then having one of the wheels turned in and be like, yeah, I don't think it's going to stay on the axle. Like I think it's going to break. And, and it even comes down to like, not only a ap application of that bad, say valgus knee off the field, but like, or on the field, but like thinking about that repetitive movement that they're doing off of the field, like they're continually training that even worse. And again, like I'm the two, that's where like I've, how CrossFit has come in and educated so many people like, Hey, here's good, safe movement patterns applied outside of just us teaching a CrossFit class. Mm -hmm. And I just go into like thinking about some of the sports, high school sports rooms that I've gone into and looked at recently too. I'm like, somebody stop this. Like, this is not okay. It's I was just talking okay. to, yeah, I was just talking to Jason about this. We were recording a podcast earlier today and I was talking about like what we should be trying to do is <clears throat> create, uh, create, movement competence within athletes because it, but, but first it starts in the known in, it, it starts in the known environment of the weight room, right? Because I already know what's going on there. I know the load, I know the range of motion, I know what the movement is, all of those things. If they can't control their body in space in a known environment, it is unfathomable to think they're going to take that and then transfer it to the field where everything is unknown. I don't know how that athlete's going to move. I don't know where the ball's going to go. I don't know any of that stuff. So I think if you look at it that way, which is like we have to maximize our movement in, in these known environments in order to create a safe environment when I now walk out onto the field and have to contend with something else or someone else. And people just don't realize that. I'm like, listen, the number one indicators of ACL injury are both valgus knee and pelvis shift when we're squatting. Like if, if you have both of those, the risk of injury goes up to like 80%, you know? Yeah. So um, it's, it's crazy and people don't realize that. And I'm like, you got to fix that. Otherwise you're going to, think about it. If that athlete gets hurt senior year and they were on the cusp of getting a scholarship, a scholarship, that's it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So. And even stepping back, I know we're getting off, we're not really off topic, but we talked about earlier too, about like that, we call it like the plateauing uh, due to specialization. Things that I've seen a lot lately in the last three or four months was like these kids that are really good at X sport. When I bring them into our classes to do other things, to build that foundation, it's like how, like you're so beautiful because they only know that one thing, right? Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden, if I throw this soccer player 
into a, a basketball or maybe a football or baseball. Like they don't know that. And like the neurological development in that youth hasn't been built or the supporting tissue to move these other ways. Like, of course they're going to get hurt. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and now as you, you sound it out. So those are the things that I can't want this program to do is like talk to the parents, tell them more about that. Yeah. I think what you have to try to emphasize to people is like, we're trying to build a good athlete. And when I say athlete, I mean, it doesn't matter what sport they play. It doesn't matter what ball we give them. They're going to be able to, at the bare minimum, perform competently and more likely excel if they've, if they've been exposed to more things. It's no different than CrossFit, right? It's just like, hey, we're trying to expand the margin of our experience by giving us you know, all these different loads, all these different reps, different time demands, different modalities, all that stuff. Same thing in sport. If I can get them better at all sports, they're going to be better at their primary sport. Right. And at some point they make, they make that decision or the college makes a decision and be like, Hey, we want you to play football here. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, let's go play football. Like that's now my life. And if you're good enough, maybe you do both. But typically like what I want to do is try to create this really, really solid athlete that can then make the decision about what they want to do and where they want to go. Um, but you got to stay well-rounded. And I think a lot of people miss that, you know, yeah. and it keeps it fun. I mean, I was an athlete growing up, like it keeps it fun, like kind of looking forward to the next season and the next sport and, and, and changing shifting modes. So, um, and if, it's, always, if it's fun, they'll stick with it. But the far side of that too, and like something that I'm trying to find balance for, for me and my family is that you can give them too much too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Too many sports. Cause then all of a sudden, like you have a lot of breadth, no depth and it's, well, am I doing them an, an injustice? So you got to find balance on both sides. It's yeah, almost like I, balance in anything in life, nutrition, fitness, kids, coaching, parenting, friendship. You can't be excessive on one side or the other. 100%. And, and when you say multiple sports, that can mean just two. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't mean they have to do, run cross country, you know, play basketball, baseball, football, and volleyball. Like they, like they can just play two of them. But again, it's the point of like, hey, those all have different training regimens. They, they have different things involved with them. And, and then just giving them both a physical and mental break. So maybe they play two sports and then they have an off season. And again, like that's a good balance. Or maybe they are just this kid that just wants to go full bore all the time. And that's fine. Again, developing skills. And what you should see if you're doing it right is they should every season be seeing improvements in all of those activities as they go through, particularly if you're pairing that with good strength conditioning. Um, but so let's go back to the facility. So, so we still have those four. We added two new verticals. Got a couple other little things that we're doing. But like what? Man, I want to get back into uh, like we're calling it like the platinum class. And the idea is um, and other people are doing it. I just never have very, very small class, mm -hmm. same coach, additional support in and out of the gym. So, in, you know, for instance, like it's a six person class. You're going to be here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 530 AM. And this is your spot. You can keep it as long as you're here, but like everything from nutritional advice to, uh, you know, like, focusing a lot on how can we fix one little problem in a movement pattern or maybe an injury that we're dealing with or accountability to come in and out of the gym. Like, so it's almost like it's nothing new or revolutionary. I just have never done it. So we call it this, you know, platinum level class. So it's more of like a premium service. That's a little bit more personalized. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. But it's still, it's still group training, but it's more along the lines of like small group training small group training. They still okay. do what everybody else is doing. Uh, you'll Got just it. get extra stuff. That's interesting. So, yeah, so you've, you've started that or you want to start it? We, we're just now talking to our members about it. And like, everybody's like, Hey, yeah, I'll sign up. Not everybody. We're talking like top 10% are like, dude, I, I would love to have something like that because they want, and I don't think that they would be in there for more than six, seven, eight months, but they want to, people want that more personalized attention of like, dude, I really, really want to get better at a front squat, but why can't I get these things fixed? And you and I only have an hour to teach them a day. Yeah. Even if they can't, like there's, there's still so much more that you can do, but you now as an owner and a coach, you got to find balance too of like, you know, how much do you give is too much and how much is too little because we're still. Yeah. You only got so much time. And then that time, like depending on what you're doing becomes worth more and more. So it's like, listen, if you want all that, like, you know, I mean, think about it this way. It's just, if you know, if you wanted to work with Bill Belichick, 
versus the high school football coach down the road, yeah, those are different. <laughs> like you, you're going to get different a service, bit. and and you're going to have to pay for it. And to some extent, you know, that's a, that's a really extreme case, but that that is the case within the gym as well. Like if you have somebody who's been doing this for 20 years, has a record of expertise and success you should expect to pay more for that because the results are very likely going to lean towards that. Meaning like you're actually going to get what you want. Um, and some people just want to do it because they just want the more personal touch. They just want more accountability. And Absolutely. I think that's fine. You know? Absolutely. So, so we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll touch back on our next time we get together. I'll let you know how it pans out. So I've got a different question, which is you got all this stuff going on in your gym. Uh, you were talking a little bit more or before we hit record about you hired a, an operations manager for this. Cause it's a lot. It's a lot. So what does that person do? And now what is your role in this overall thing? So this is all pretty new. And so we brought her on, she's amazing. And the concept is that like, it's almost spread too thin, right? You can't be good at everything. And so we're bringing her in and, and to do operational procedures um, like how do we build the processes in for each of our, our captains to be mm -hmm. able to do their job well. And when I first started having this conversation, my whole plan for strong was to create this like template that can be replicated, um, not replicated to franchise or do anything else, but I wanted it to build up for the coaches and the staff that are here. Like, cool. Hey man, I want to go open a strong up in Austin. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Like here's, here's the, here's the manual, like go knock yourself out. Like you can do that. Um, and so we brought her on and her job is to kind of ensure that all the captains are doing their job, uh, that, that they're, she's supporting them and what they need to make sure the job's done. And then my role is still kind of, because we're all fresh, like I'm still tied into everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're just going to be for a while, but eventually it'd be, primarily what I'm focusing on is the development of the new programs that haven't been established. Okay. So youth sport ninja program. And then what do you anticipate that timeline being for you to somewhat remove yourself and, and not necessarily be tied into the day to day unless you want to. Man, that's a great question. Um, I think as anybody that's listening to this, we always know that like, like personnel is one of the, our greatest assets and greatest liabilities. And so what we're doing now is going through the process of finding and, and building up the team that can sustain it. And as well, that wants to grow with us. Um, then that way I can kind of step back a little bit. And, you know, I think my job is ending up going to be is like the, to make sure that we adapt and don't die. <laughs> it's got to stay one step ahead of the market. We got to stay one, like, if we just sit here and get, if I let the company get complacent, like the people that are staffed under me, like, you know, that they're in jeopardy, my family's in jeopardy. So that will, I have to get out of the, Hey, did this bill get paid idea to, Hey, where are we going to move the business in the next two years? Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. Uh, and my mistake has always and been not every affiliate owner. Yeah. Sorry about that. We got a delay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I, I was going to say like, my mistake has been that, um, in the past, like I've done that too soon. Like I've tried to remove myself. Everybody gets it. It's the e-myth, right? You, like, you should work on your business, not in your business. But you can absolutely do that um, out of order, like where you should actually still be in the business and not necessarily out or, or you need to spend less time in the business and a little bit more time on the business. And that's a, that's a, that's a really hard balance, particularly if you haven't really solidified the team, because now it's this back and forth, be like, Oh, this didn't work. Now I'm back in. And then I'm trying to pull myself out and replace it with somebody. And then they leave and I'm like, and then I'm back in. So how, what's, what would be your advice for anybody who's trying to go through that process of like bringing on team members in order to, and I know nobody gets it right all the time. So like, that's not what I'm asking. Um, but what have you found to be some kind of linchpins with regard to how you're choosing your team members? One of the things I'll just tell you about mistakes first. And I think if people can learn from my mistakes, that would be best is one as I, as I brought people in, I wanted them to be me, right? The, the idea, like they, I wanted them to work like me and, and, and figure out things like me and understand the problem like me. And it, it took me a long, long time to figure out that that's never going to happen. And so as we, as, as you step back, it's like, Hey, is 
the person that you're working with right then, is that the right person for the right job, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what they're supposed to be doing? Or have I already pigeonholed them into failure because they shouldn't be doing what they're doing and I'm just trying to make them into a me. Now everybody can, what I said at the very beginning, um, depending on the want, like everybody can evolve. <laughs> everybody can learn, yeah. everybody can grow, but it all, it, it depends on that. But you can't force that, you like square peg, round hole idea. Like I just can't force that in there. So that was, that's the biggest thing that I've learned. Like quit trying to force something, make sure that I put the, the right person in, in the right place. Um, some friends of mine introduced me to, uh, I don't even know what it's called. I just went blank on it, but it's like dots. Like you measure your dots and it gives you like your personality test. There's tons of ways that you guys can measure this stuff. And it's interesting to see like what your dots say about you. Like if you're like the leader or if you like to be socially accepted or, and things mm -hmm. like that. And I, because of the way I'm wired, I used to never pay any attention to that stuff because I'm kind of like, oh, okay, you want me to start a CrossFit? Okay, I'll do it. You want me to start yeah. an ethical hacking business? Okay, I'll teach myself how to do it. Oh, you want me to, you know, learn to flip houses and buy 40 or 50 of them in, you know, a five-year time frame? Okay, I'll teach myself and I'll do it. Like, so I'm thinking like that's how the world should be wired. So, so going back to like advice, it's like, man, you gotta, you gotta make sure that the people that you have on your team are are playing the position that they need to be playing. Like don't put your linebacker as your quarterback. Like it just doesn't work. Yeah. I don't remember what book it is, but it's one of either good to great or built to last. Mm. Uh, but he talks about, you know, the kind of the order with regard to kind of this whole thing about like making sure the team members go where they, where they should. And his big thing was, First, you got to make sure the right people, right? They have to, they have to check all the boxes because remember good, like we all know this, we've all been with this person who's a good team member. It's like the utility player in baseball. Like doesn't matter where we put them. They're, they're like, they can, they can manage it. And essentially that's kind of, those are the, that's like kind of the people that you want to start with. And then once you've got all team members, you're like, everybody here meets the criteria for good team members. Now what I have to do is start putting them in the right seats. Yeah but we can do that on the move, right? Like we can shift seats as the bus is moving, but if we leave and I got the wrong team on the bus, like I got to circle back again and I got to do this over again. So it's like first get the right people on the bus, then I can move them around to those different seats and figure out like, Oh, you actually shouldn't be driving. You should be sitting right here because this happens to be your super skill, but it took me three years to figure it out. And then you're going to be over here and then maybe you are better served being this, you know, champion in your, in your, um, in your instance, if that's what you call them. So, <clears throat> No, I think that's a, I think that's an interesting concept. And when you said champion, that made me think about it very differently, to be honest with you. Yeah. So the champion is not just the leader or the manager. The champion is like lives the program, loves the program, supports the program, like embodies the program. Right. It's like, oh, the champion of our strength. Like, you know, he's writing the program and he's dying into it. He wants you to love it. He wants you to get results. So I'm using that name. Like we just need champions. No, I really dig it. Well, cause it makes sense, right? It's just like, uh, typically when, if you see a program that's thriving, like the person who's like the head of that program and who's running it is totally into that, like a good CrossFit gym. But if you try to take a CrossFitter and then, and this is, this is so a good example of this in a gym was like, you take a CrossFitter who likes to lift weights, <laughs> right? And they're like, they're going to start a barbell club. I'm like, it's not going to work. I'm like, because they're not a weightlifter. They don't eat, sleep, and breathe weightlifting. And I would imagine the reason that your guy's barbell club went well is because Abby, like, just dove head in on that. And, she, like, she went up there and spent time with Louie and came, comes back, and she's like, yeah, I can teach people how to do this. I dig it. I love it. I live the lifestyle, all that stuff. You know, she happens to be able to do both, but, like, that was her thing for a while. She was like, I lift heavy weights, and she was yeah. incredibly strong. Um, but that's one way to look at it is like, and that's why we've been able to have it here at Rife. We've been able to be successful with weightlifting because Phil, the guy who runs my weightlifting program, that's what he does. Like he's not trying to do CrossFit. Like he is a weightlifter through and through. That's all he does. He's really, really good at it. And that's why we have 50 some odd weightlifters here, you know? Yeah. 
That's crazy. That's great. Yeah, no, it's amazing. But like, but I didn't do that, right? Like, that's not yeah. me. Like, the, like Phil's Phil is that champion, and and the the challenge is finding more of him, but in those different realms, right? It's just like if you're gonna run a boot camp, and now you're having me rethink some things that I'm doing, which is great. And like, if you're gonna do that, you should probably have somebody who's all in on boot camp or like that style of training, not try to repurpose coaches into these other seats. Dude, absolutely. There's a uh, multitudes of things like uh, even going back, I've heard of the right seat, right bus, like uh, our operations, her name's Nanette. We just love her to death over here, but she's like, Hey man, do you want them on the bus? And are they in the right seat? Right. So mm-hmm. she's used that analogy. And then I just met uh, with a, one of my friends that's in uh, construction because we're looking at some other stuff right now. And, he was telling me about a, a book called EOS. So I want to know where that originally came from. It's entrepreneurial operating system or something like that. Oh, okay. It's the same. And I haven't read it yet, but it, he, he's essentially reiterating the same concept. Right seat. That, well, I will tell you, it is from one of those two books. I don't remember which one, but it is good to great or built to last. And I want to say it is from good to great. Cool. I'm yeah, I it's def- it. but it's definitely from one of those two. Man, if I would have just learned that long time ago instead of thinking, like, dude, like, how many mistakes could I have learned and fixed it? That's why, like, these, dude, here, here's, a, here's one of failure. We're going off on a tangent. When no, I but this stuff, started, this is what people want to hear. And it comes from what we talked about right before, like, in your last podcast that you just did. When we first started uh, CrossFit Strong and I moved into that other building about six months into it because nobody knew how to run CrossFit, we did a think tank. And I probably had 12 different affiliate owners come in and we just talked about like what doesn't work and like how to fix stuff. Right. And so I wish I would have kept that up longer. But what was funny is that like any shiny new thing, I feel like the the community got competitive over here. I'm assuming anyway, we can well, no, it's what, each other. Yeah, yeah, no, but you bring up a good point, which is what those guys brought up right? Which was that is no different than the team in the gym. Like if you're going to do that think tank, it still needs the right people in the think tank. You can't just throw a bunch of people in there and it'll work. Mm. Like you need people that are open, open-minded that are abundance mindset type people, not that are scarcity that are like, Oh, they're going to steal all my secrets. Like those people, those, those people can't be in the group. Like those people cannot get on the bus, much less get a seat. Like they just literally cannot get on the bus. Um, that's when it can, that's when you can create that, that like really valuable kind of group to people where everybody's just giving each other just ideas that are golden. Even though it has not, they're like, Hey, I'm like, I can't do this, but you can take this and you can crush it. And you're like, well, I can't use this. You take it and you crush it. So that's the Dude, kind I of people to, you, I need to get in on that. We need, I need to come up with a team of, like you were telling me about before this and, and get back into that. So if you guys are listening and you want to create a team with me, <laughs> I need a team. Well, listen, bro, if it leads me to a 54,000 square foot facility, I will, I will hitchhike my ass down to Dallas. Right. Dude, so, come on, boy. Hey, um, so we're, we're about to do this drone fly through of this place and we want it to be playing on the TV screen. Just, I just want to, I want everybody to just think about that for a second. His facility is so big that they can do if they can fly a drone around in it for minutes on end before you get to the end of it <laughs> that's great uh, hey and i gotta finish the tour i want i want to show you the cafe before you guys get at it yeah, yeah. But um, anyway so so we got those verticals running and i'm not gonna lie um it it, it was very overwhelming um, but my team uh, a lot of the team has rallied up. We brought some new people in. We're continuing to hire new people. We're looking actively for people right now. And, and it, it's just a never ending battle. But like it, it comes back down to our pillars of the entire business of like care, educate, inspire. Like I really love the impact that we're doing in our community and we are changing people's lives. That's and, cool. And it might be like, hey, it's a playground. But yeah, dude, what you know what's so awesome? is the people that were just going to the playground and dropping their kids off and they used to be sitting there just typing on their phone. Now they're looking over the shoulder through those glass doors I walked you through and be like, oh, like if that person's working out, I can work out. And so like, I love the potential that this business has. It doesn't mean it's going to work, you know? I mean, that's part Mm -hmm. of the the risk, but like we're really trying to help people out there. So so there's a lot happening. I'm going to make a ton of mistakes and it's a matter of like not making the same mistake and like talking to people a lot smarter than me 
to help me through those processes too. So that's awesome. Um, okay. So I'm sure people have all sorts of questions and want to see this thing. So do you have, do you have multiple websites or is everything like, where's uh, all this housed? Yeah, yeah, it'll all go. Uh, so it'll all start at strongdallas.com. So strongdallas.com. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And then you have like, it would break down into programs. And um, do you guys have a bunch of, yeah, I'm assuming you have a bunch of pictures and stuff on your website too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. So go check it out. If you're in the Dallas area and you're looking for opportunity, hit up Gail. Um, just don't be a turd. Make sure you can get on the bus. And, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, if you got questions about some of this stuff. And I, 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 again, I wanted to bring you on the show because you're doing something that I consider to be audacious. And, yeah. and that's kind of what I want to expose people to. And that's also what I want to expose myself to because that always reminds me that you can do it. Like it can be done. If there's somebody out there that looks like you at all that's doing it, like you can figure out how to do it. Because like my, my end goal, like whatever it is, 20, 30 years from now is to do something similar. Like there's a, there's a, they're right down the street from here. Like I could probably throw a rock at it. There is a, us, there was a NFL football player that was from Virginia beach that started to build this massive sports complex. And then I guess he went bankrupt or something like that, but the shell of it is still there. And it's probably something to the tune of 150,000 square feet. Mm, but every one. time I drive by that thing, I'm like, I'm going to buy that damn, I'm going to buy that thing. I'm going to refurbish it. I mean, I'm going to make like the Mecca of all things, sport, fitness, and wellness. I don't know if I'm going to do that. But now I kind of have to because I just put it out on the internet. But yes, you did. Um, but that's Let's but that's always it. been my goal, man. And uh, and before I do it, I'm gonna have to come down to your shop and and figure it the hell out. So, absolutely, um, man. Well, I'm an open book. So if you got anything or anybody else has any questions, man, look me up. Yeah. So if you guys do have questions for Gail about his evolution through that and like what all that entails, I can tell you, like I can vouch for Gail. Just good dude falls in the good dude bucket, and um, you know, check out Strong Dallas. Yeah. Yep. Strongdallas.com. And, um, yeah, dude, thanks for your time, bro. I know you're crazy busy, so I appreciate it. Absolutely. It was a blast. Thanks brother. All right. All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with best hour of their day. When it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.